I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. This is Tim. And boy, it felt like just moments ago when we were here. <laughs> Podcast well, joke. So uh, yeah, this is our, our very special comics-only edition of Funny Books this week. The other episode that we dropped, uh, in case you, you haven't caught it yet, is our review of Justice League. So be sure and look out for that in the, uh, in the feed. But now we're here to talk about the week's comics because there were some comics that demanded talking about. Or was it Tim who demanded that we talk about comics? I get those two confused. It was it was more of the latter. I spent twelve dollars on comic books, and this is bullshit. If we're not going to talk about it. Right? <laughs> so you should start talking about a comic that he didn't buy. Right. Well, we're going to start up. You know that's that's karma, Tim. Karma. No, it's actually not. What is it? Retribution. Revenge. It's, it's more. It's more like how you did the outline, Paul. Yeah. Well, well it, it's, it, I think the, the answer then is it's just fucking Paul. It's justice, is what I call it. <laughs> oh, oh, snap! Justice League number thirty-three came out this week, um, concluding the Bats Out of Hell crossover from Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, uh, you know, if you have listened to our previous episode in which we review Justice League, Aaron gushes—I mean, positively—oozes love for Cyborg. You know, you so, can only say these things, Paul, because you live fifteen hundred miles away from me. It's the only reason you can say it. And that and you're faster than me. You know? Well, there's that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the Flash, but much, much, much slower. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, Aaron, you got caught up on this crossover. You hadn't been reading the issues, but I've been enjoying the crossover. Um, it was. It, I think it started – I don't remember what comic it started in. Maybe it was a Justice League, but then it went into um, – Green Lantern and uh, another book. So now we're on the fourth and final issue of the crossover. And, what did you think? Well, and you know, I think the important thing to note about the uh, fourth and final issue is that front and center in the middle of this issue, the, the hero who is going to stand and 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 save the day is Cyborg. So um, it is called metal. I mean, I don't know what you expected. I mean, I expected all <laughs> cyborg all the time. I don't know what this Batman thing is, but uh, I, I, I was waiting for this cyborg heavy crossover. Um, much like my interpretation of, or my experience in Justice League, I didn't hate him as much as I typically do in this book. Um, I, I thought cyborg was actually handled pretty well. Um, I, I, I still I, I don't like him. <laughs> But but I thought that he was he was handled better here than he has been handled previously. I love Aaron's now repeated description of Cyborg of I didn't hate him as much as I thought I would. Yeah, I mean, glowing recommendation for the character. There there are things about this character that I absolutely despise in Justice League. I like him in Teen Titans, you know, but I I do not care for him here. So, Paul, yes, tell me what you thought. I uh, I liked this issue. I, I liked this crossover. Um, now it wouldn't. It didn't move the needle story wise as much as I was hoping it would. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it it did seem to progress the story. I will say in between issues of of uh, of metal because uh, I know there's there's been quite a bit of time since the last issue of metal, and I think the next issue comes out in mid December, and so that's part of the reason for all these tie ins. I think to to help fill the the void, give Greg Capullo a chance to catch up. Uh, but I would say this is um, – I have enjoyed the storyline. So I'm I, – you know, it's one of those things that even though it probably was filler, didn't always feel like filler to me. I enjoyed the takes on the characters. Um, I didn't hate Cyborg in it. I liked the way it wrapped up. Well, and I'll uh, say you know, in the previous issue, which was the Green Lantern issue, 
Uh, and you know my feelings on Ethan Van Skyver. I, I don't care for his artwork and I don't care for him. Uh, I actually like that book a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> don't you like his artwork? And I don't really particularly like him. I, he, guy's a douchebag. Having met him in person, he's a douchebag. Oh, but, he's, he's uh, hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the the uh, the artwork I thought was 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 actually pretty good uh, for yeah. the Green Lantern book, and I, and I, I enjoyed the story. I liked the way they handled Hal in that book. Yeah, um, I thought that the the Green Lantern book was probably one, the strongest one of the four. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was it was really good. Um, I I was surprised that I enjoyed this book as much as I did the Justice League book, uh, because it is so so centered on. Cyborg, but I gotta say, one of the things that I wasn't expecting was the tie between he and Raven, and I thought yeah. that worked. I like the idea that he's got the cosmic cube in the chest. Um, I, I just, you know, there are things about that that, that I thought were, were were pretty cool. The, the boom, the you mean the mother box? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the cosmic don't mix cube. universes on sorry. the air. Whoops. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you almost got fired from this podcast. <laughs> sorry, whoa. But no, I I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, and, I thought and it was a good wrap up to the, the crossover. Strong. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to another tie-in that came out this week. Um, and I gotta say, probably the darkest <laughs> book I've read from DC Comics in a while: uh, Dark Knights, The Batman Who Laughs, number one. And that's saying something, given I've read all these Dark Knights. Um, you know, uh, origin stories. I thought this one was the darkest of the bunch. And I think the least good. I, I uh, there are a lot that I didn't enjoy about this book and not just because it was so dark. I, I as much as I enjoy James Tinian, the fourth, who is the writer on this book. And I gotta say, I really like, uh, Riley Rossmo, the artist. Um, yes. I, I love the way he draws these characters. There, there's almost a, a, uh, Oh gosh, Bill finger quality, uh, to the way he draws the characters, but it seems very fresh and new uh, while also at the same time feeling nostalgic. But this book is so damn wordy. Uh, there, there are so many words, Paul, all the words <laughs> in this book. And I just got really irritated with how much exposition this character has. Now, the, the scenes leading up to what happens in the Batcave with Batman and his family... I felt like that was the strongest part of the book. It was the stuff that happened afterwards when you have uh, the Batman who laughs expositing to whoever's all wrapped up in the bandages. Um, th those scenes did not work for me. But the stuff that the first ha the first 30 percent of the book I thought was great. It was the other stuff that came after it. Yeah. So this is my first anything on metal. Mm -hmm. I haven't got any of the main you know, main crossover books, haven't read any of the tie-ins. This just, I figured I'd treat it like an Elseworlds Batman story. Mm -hmm. And from that standpoint, I was happy that it didn't really tie into the crossover. Like, there's mention of it, but you don't have to know anything about the crossover to get this story. It was by far the darkest Batman story I've ever read. Uh, and that beats out the... Flashpoint Batman, which was pretty dark in and of itself. True, but Flashpoint Batman didn't have Superman murdering his wife and child. Right. Ex yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's just there were things I liked about the book. I liked the story overall, but I had a lot of issues with it. And part of it comes back to I just don't accept 
that Batman gives into this. And and yeah. I'd like I'd like to clarify. I don't think Superman uh, killed his wife and child. I think Superman and Son killed Lois. Oh, because they were both affected by the Black Kryptonite. Oh, good point. Yeah, it was a, it was a father son event. Yeah, they... it was a bonding experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I have a hard like when he brings them all to the Batcave. They're all doing the, you know, what they expect is that he's doing contingency plans for himself. And that's Batman. That's what I would expect. I would expect he would have a contingency plan right away before his brain has been overwritten enough. And he would have found a way to stop himself. I don't buy a Batman becoming a, you know, Batman becoming a Joker when he has that much time. Uh, you know, but I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. And I think that's just because these are the dark multiverse Batman. So, I, I mean, I kind of. Yeah, and I knew you know, it would I, go I, bad. I, I knew that. he would become evil and all. But I don't know. It just that part bothered me. Like, it just didn't seem Batman. If it would have been a fast change versus, you know, over time would have been one thing. But I don't know. I like the story overall. I thought it was incredibly dark. I enjoyed the cave scene as you know, horrible as it was and what he does to Damien that the, you know, that's why Damien isn't there in that cave scene, but it definitely won't live up as one of the better Elseworld stories I've read. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, I, 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 when he murdered all his, um, his Robins or, you know, that family, I wondered where his new Robins came from, but I guess they could just be any random kids. It's not really all that important. Oh, um, I, you know, earlier Joker had turned all those kids. Oh, those are those kids. Yeah, because I recognize the hair on some of them. That is, those were the kids Joker turned. He took them in. Gotcha. Um, you know, I I, I will mirror Aaron's con- comments about um, the heavy exposition. I did think there was a bit heavy exposition, and I gotta say, God damn it, DC with the black word yeah. balloons with dark red lettering. And small dark red lettering. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. It's hard to fucking read. Um, but well, and, uh, the, and that page, like, you know, where you've got the the Batman who laughs, you know, he's got all the cards laid out on the table and, yeah. you know, he's talking over those panels. It's a gorgeous page, but there's just far too many words on that page. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Let the let the art speak for itself. So who's in the chair? Who is who's chained up? Uh, you know, wearing a it hasn't suit. been established. I think I think it's Joker. You think? I think it's a female, but I don't know what gives me that impression. I don't see anything there. That I mean, but the suit's baggy. It could be anybody, but I, but the hands are are kind of big. Um, and maybe it's not Joker, but I mean, I, it seems like that might be somebody that he would torment. Right? Is uh, is our universe's Joker? Yeah, good point. And so that's char- pretty bloody. I assume that character's been in all of these crossovers. No. The Batman oh, collapse. Okay. Yeah, the one. No, the character that was uh, bandaged up. And... No, this is the first appearance, as far as yeah. I okay. recall. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who it is. You know, with the mouth muffled, I kind of thought maybe it was Zatanna, but it, it's pretty brutal. So you're right; it could be the Joker because the Joker was established right. in that first issue, um, and we haven't seen so, him since. No. Uh, you know, I do want to say uh, with the art, the Riley Rossmo art, I love his art. And there's a two-page spread with all the alternate um, superheroes from you know the various universes, and you have a Dark Side Superman in there. Ah, oh, yes, I want those stories. 
Yeah, it uh, the, the the artwork's just gorgeous. You know, he was uh, I believe uh the artist who worked on the Batman Shadow book that we enjoyed. Correct. And I mean, I just I God, I love his work. I'd like yeah, to see he, more of it. Yeah, he's a great artist. I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. Yep. Well, another artist that I freaking am, am, am in love with is mm-hmm. Joel Jones. Yep. Um who did the art uh for Tom King's new issue of Batman number 35, which also is the 800 issue of Batman. Uh, but, you know, they didn't charge $5 for it or make it 100 pages. <laughs> they just, you know, did a variant cover saying, hey, just, just so you know, this is the 800th issue of Batman. Continue with your two ninety nine book. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a class act, eh? Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say of this book that it is both beautifully drawn, and I got to say, I feel like it was a beautiful story. I, I, I think I liked everything about this book. I loved everything about this book. I I, I, I thought this book was great. Tim, go. I, I the, the the Damian Wayne Dick Grayson conversation as the action is happening is amazing. Yeah. Um, the the uh, the the chest the, the the posturing between Selena Kyle and the daughter of the demon rid, ridiculously good. <laughs> the, it was just. Like you couldn't, you couldn't sculpt a better one shot. Well, like, I know it's not one shot. You couldn't sculpt a better Batman story. This is it, because it wasn't about Batman. Not, I mean, peripherally it was, but it was more about his cast dealing with his bullshit. Right. And it was so good. I love uh, that yeah. there is this wonderful scene when uh, Selena and Talia are sword fighting, and Talia's, you know, essentially giving uh, Catwoman her resume. You know, I from the time I could I could stand, I've been holding a sword, you know, stuff like that, you know, and, and about, you know, her brutal training and whatnot. And Selena starts kicking her ass going, you know what? I don't think I've ever held a sword before. Huh. <laughs> Suck on that. <laughs> <laughs> All the writing is, is great. Yeah. <laughs> like my, my my favorite conversation in, in that fight was the. Uh, realization that what what how Talia feels about about Bruce Wayne and Selena's like oh you girl you are so stupid (laughs) basically there's a line she says uh, what is it (laughs) what he is uh, basically they're arguing about what 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 Batman what Bruce Wayne really is and it was just a great conversation I also like how you know in the in the previous book Talia stabs Batman through the shoulder, right? And you know, really, really takes the wind out of his sails. And <laughs> Selena does the exact same thing to Talia. You know, st- <laughs> stab, stab my boyfriend. I'm gonna have to stab you back. Uh, <laughs> and you know, she just she kind of stabs her almost like she's pinning a butterfly to to a board, right? I mean, she's just like, uh, could you just stay there for just a second? <laughs> Now I gotta tell. Now I gotta say this part. The, the end part. Davy's like, "Did you happen to see my mother?" Lee's <laughs> like, "Well, she stabbed your dad in the back, so I stabbed her in the back." And Damien's like, "Well, I see." <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, uh, Paul, you haven't said anything about this one. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I I don't want to basically repeat what you guys have said because I agree with every single word you guys have said. Um, I I will say if if Tom King has already said he has like a hundred issue plan. 
oh, for Batman. Great. That's good to hear. So we're about a third of the way there uh, because I was going to say, you know, if his run on Batman ever ends, I want to see him write um, Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I want a good Nightwing book so yeah. bad. If you read this book, this is one. And even though he's not even in the Nightwing costume, um, but this is this is better interaction between Damien and Dick than even Grant Morrison did. And he's the one who established that relationship to begin with. Um, it's just so well done. Uh, they, they, they truly interact like brothers. Um, and that, that, that was a standout of the issue for me. I love the Selena Kyle stuff, but the Damien and Dick, uh, scenes of these last two issues I've, I've thought have been great. Honestly, both, both, both the main Batman books have been really good. Agreed. They've been really solid. And, so um, good. You know, well, I, and I, I'm gl- I love the last detective storyline, so I may be picking that up on a regular basis, too. So mm-hmm. it's a damn good book. It really is. I mean, the, not only are we getting good writing, we're getting great art. Oh, yeah. The art's on, tremendous. On, on both Batman books, um, you know, and, and I will say a Superman uh, I, I feel like we're getting, you know, we're, we're getting some great Superman stories, but the art on this week's Superman number 35, I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, but I did enjoy the story quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Especially uh, freaking Jonathan Kent riding the hunger dogs into battle against the Furies and Calabac. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Well, I, I got to say, I was worried there for a minute. The uh, they're getting ready to chop the head off of one of the dogs. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Don't want to see this. There's already a dog roasting over the spit. Yeah. And then in comes Jonathan as our hero to save the dogs. The real hero of the book. And, you know, the, he bonds with the dogs and le- winds up leading the dogs in, in, into war. Uh, a kind of a badass last page on this book. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who the artist on that last page was, but they weren't the artist on every single other page. At least <laughs> it didn't seem to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Not every page was bad. In fact, the two page spreads were, were quite breathtaking. Um, well, the, the scene with Ka- the, the page with Calabac uh, holding up uh, Superman and Lex. It's actually a really nice page. Yeah, but you're right. Some of the other pages just don't work. So yeah. I have to say, I really enjoying this storyline. Not for the Superman piece, but for the supporting character pieces. Lois as a Fury, I just think is awesome. Yeah. Jonathan leading the uh, the Hunger Dogs in and has basically has a pack of them and uh, going to save his parents. And then Lex. Lex has been great in the story, too. I have to I, say that I, I don't see how this story ends without Lex having a pretty strong clue about Lois. Yeah, I, don't I, see, I mean, I, I thought it was a bit of a cop out when he got knocked out. Well, um, I, I, I would not put it past Lex to be feigning unconsciousness while all that shit's going down, you know, with Lois and John right in front, true. right in front of him. So, uh, you know, when, when he's being you know trussed up and held by the you know apocalyptans, um, I, I so I mean, I just I, I'm really I, it feels like Lex is going to know who all these people are, because I mean, and there's that panel where Superman's like, I'm not running. I won't go back until I find my... And Lex is like, you're what? And then he's like, did you? Did someone else come back with you? And then, you know, he's unconscious after that. I, 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 if, if I'm Lex, my Lex Luthor armor is recording everything that goes on around me, right? Yeah. 
Of uh, so, course. So, so even if he is truly unconscious, there should be some sort of digital record of all of this. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's met Jonathan. You're right. Yeah. So I think I mean, we're going to see it. I may not have any context for him, but he's met him. Yeah. And Jonathan's charging into battle, you know, let my mom and dad go with all of his uh, warhounds. Um, again, Lex Luthor appears to be unconscious. I just don't know if I'm buying that. I feel like what we're going to see here is the setup for Lex to go bad again. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, with, with him getting th- this knowledge, uh, I think they're they're setting up the um, you know the the pieces for Doomsday Clock because there's that Doomsday Clock cover. I think it's issue number two that shows Lex with Ozymandias's hand on his shoulder. Um, I feel like we're we're starting to see that setup happen here. I've enjoyed Lex as a good guy. Don't get me wrong. I have absolutely enjoyed Lex as a good guy. Um, I think this has been one of a, a really solid arc for the character. Um, but very curious to see how where he where he goes in Doomsday Clock. Yeah, which is coming up, uh, guys. Uh, yeah, and I don't mean to jump ahead because we're not done talking about this week's books, but it's next week. I feel like we need to have a a, a prep session for Doomsday Clock, right? You know, like we all need to go back and reread the last issue of Watchmen. <laughs> you know, to to be ready for Doomsday Clock. Did you guys see, you know, we talked about in our in our earlier episode uh, this week, uh, you know, the Justice League film. Did you see HBO did a whole day of uh, of superhero movies on Saturday? I did not. They no. did. They did uh, Batman 1990, 1966. They did... Uh, uh, Batman 1989, they did Batman versus Superman, they did Suicide Squad, they did Watchmen, and it feels like I'm missing something out, but I mean, they had like, you know, 12, 15 hours, uh, oh, Deadpool was one of them, uh, they had like 12, 15 hours of superhero movies just back to back to back on HBO2. Hmm. And I was like, you know, uh, 12-year-old me would have been all over this. I wouldn't have left yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah. 12-year-old any of us. There weren't that many movies to take up that much time. Yeah, right. Good point. It's like I could I remember at that age I would have never even thought it would be possible there would be this many comic book movies. But yeah, I caught the I caught the tail end of Watchmen uh when I came in last night and uh it's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to watch that again, particularly in preparation for Doomsday Clock." Yeah, yes. I think I think you might we might have to. Yeah. Hey, um, in our last episode, we talked about the Justice League movie, and I don't know if you guys caught it, but Ben Affleck or Batfleck name drops the Doomsday Clock in that movie. Yes, and I was yes, like, ah, I yes, that. <laughs> yeah, so that definitely obvious, you know, an obvious tie-in you know, with the the uh, the series coming out this week. And even though we didn't talk about it in our previous episode, but since we're talking about Superman now, um, I do want to mention that we're recording this on the 25th anniversary of the death of Superman. Or the weekend of, I should say. It was yesterday. That was a hard time. Wow. But yeah, we all got didn't through it together. That. We all got through it together. Well, I mean, I didn't know any of you, but... <laughs> yeah, but, but we were together. We got through it together separately. In the Separately. <laughs> <laughs> so Super Sons, I didn't read it, but Tim and Wayne did. You know, I really didn't like the 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 old Robin story. <laughs> that was the the last one I read on Super Sons. But man, am I glad I picked this book up! Wow. Oh. So you missed a storyline after that that I also hated. Oh, yeah, I'm, I must have. But everything good about it's... this book about about the idea of of Damien and John being a team is in this book. Yeah, I mean, I had. 
I dislike the last two story arcs a lot to the point that I was wondering if I was going to jump off the title. But this is a nice standalone story that brings back everything I loved about the book. And that's these two interacting. And with their dads. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. You've got Damien being a little bastard the entire book. It was amazing. You've got you've got Jonathan like being the you know, would he help him remember how to fly? That was that was a really cool scene too. Yeah, and I loved his reaction of thank you. Yeah. Did he actually no. thanked him for the for reminding him what it was like to fly. Yeah. And yeah. they act, they called back to his coming, you know, his return from Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> and and they did they did make the call back to that. I love the fact that uh, they <laughs> they're going to this new fortress, the Fortress of Attitude, by the way. <laughs> I hope the name sticks. I like I it too. And and Damien the entire time is like, "There's a catch. There's always a catch." <laughs> like three pages later, he's like, "There's the catch." <laughs> Which is Damien's got to go to private school with Jonathan. <laughs> it's that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and I love that their first alarm, their first you know low level superhero thing to do is a big. I think I think Kemo was his name. Big giant dangerous thing that you know pre Flashpoint destroyed Bloodhaven. But I, honestly, honestly, all I saw was was George destroying Chicago. Like, like I I flashed back to the rampage preview. Like, oh, they're gonna go stop rampage. <laughs> nice. Oh. Uh, no, it was a great book, great art. The, the, when they when when someone's when they kind of get out of their own way in this in 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 this series, it's been a really great series. Yeah, and I. I think it's part of what a standalone have been so much better than the storylines. I think part of it is they're trying to develop how that how that initial interaction between you know uh, someone raised by by you know the league the league of uh, assassins and someone raised in Kansas and that whole that whole mix. I think they're worried that it's not that they need to do more, and they're right. At some point, they are going to need to do more, but, but we're. Not- it's, yeah, we're on we're in episode ten or in issue ten. Yeah. I, I love I, Bruce actually calling him out on it. You're way too young to be this cynical and this angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a, it was a great book. It was it was well worth it. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the next one and and, and uh, hopefully get some momentum. Yeah, I I said I I can't really say that I've enjoyed most of the big long storylines. But every single one of the short storylines or individual one-off issues like these have all been incredible. Yep, I agree. Well, we've been chasing we've been chasing a monster of an episode, Aaron. A monster of an episode. And you you have been on the hunt as well. That's right. Because oh. this week we were chasing Hitler. Well, I say we, Paul. <laughs> Paul what? Let, Paul let me down. Paul let me down. I asked, Just a word of warning. I always will. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Are you even surprised at this point? Well, I mean, eight years of funny books will tell you Paul is far too shallow a vessel to place any of your hopes in. Yep. Um, Paul and I had an agreement. It was a solid Wednesday new comic book day agreement. We would both read Chasing Hitler for this week's funny books 
only one of us fulfilled that responsibility. Yep, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so I was really <laughs> looking forward to this book. Uh, you know, we get the press releases from various other publishers, and uh, I saw the, the press release for this come from Red 5, and I was like, oh, shit. I love these kind of books. I love those, you know, what if Hitler su- survived kinds of stories. So I was, I was really excited about this. Uh, it is uh, a book by uh, H- Haley Nitz and Jay Nitz. Jay Nitz, you may be familiar with. I was not familiar with Haley Nitz. Uh, and I read the book and, and you know, I, what, what the book screams at me is an inexperienced writer. Um, there was a lot of fat on this bone and what took, uh, 26 pages could have been done in two and should have been done in two in my, in my opinion. Um, the book picks up at the very end of the, the, uh, uh, battle of Berlin, you know, you know, pounding Berlin and the the race between the Soviets and the Americans to get to the Fuhrer bunker uh, and capture uh, Hitler. Um, and you've got, you know, two, two characters in the book who have been charged by Eisenhower himself, like, go get that Fuhrer guy. We want him. Meanwhile, in the bunker, you've got uh, a very spry and healthy and even, dare I say, charismatic uh, Adolf Hitler, fully in command of his faculties, uh, fully in command of his staff, actually generous and merciful with people who have failed him um, and, or, and, and who have openly defied him. Uh, he and a very attractive and cunning Ava Braun uh, decide that uh, they will marry at, in their final hours before, you know, doing the heroic thing for their people and taking their lives so that... They are not captured by the Allies and trotted around as trophies. But then, you know, he, he confides in Ava, what we're really going to do is we're going to kill a couple of our guys, dress them up in our clothes, shoot them, burn them, and so that everybody thinks that uh, that's us. And then they escape the Fuhrer bunker. Um, so, again, this part of the story could have been handled in two pages because the book is called Chasing Hitler. So you know that Hitler is going to get out of his bunker <laughs> because it's it's if it wasn't Hitler getting out of his bunker, the book would be be called, you know, breaking in on Hitler. You know, it would be you know storming Hitler. It would not be chasing Hitler. Um, the book is rather exposition heavy and a lot of words that it doesn't need there. I mean, somebody really needed to go in here and hack and cut away all of this fat that's in this book. Um, it is the first of a four-part series, and I will say I found the depiction of Adolf Hitler disturbing. Um, I, it, it was a choice that the that the that the writer made to make Hitler seem. Uh, you know, Hitler was certainly a charismatic figure. I mean, you, you don't accomplish what he accomplished without being charismatic, but he was likable on the page, and that was disturbing. Um, and I'm not sure that was the intent. And the reason why I asked that is, you know, I, I said that, you know, this was clearly an inexperienced writer while a very competent artist working on the book. The uh, writer at the time this kickstarted, and yes, this, this is a comic that came out of Kickstarter. At the time this kickstarted, the writer was 16 years old uh, and a junior in high school. Um, so I, I, uh, I completely understand why the story is in the shape that it is. Um, 
you know, that said, I wouldn't have been written such a coherent story at 16. So, you know, I, I applaud the effort, but I do wish a, an editor had worked with, with somebody on this a little, a little harder because I think there, there could be a really good story here. Like I said, I love those stories where Hitler gets out and we got to go get Hitler. There is a fantastic novel called the Berkut, B-E-R-K-U-T. And I forget the author's name. I want to say his last name is Patterson, but it's not the one that you're used to. Um, uh, anyway, uh, the Barkut, fantastic story, uh, t- talking about the allies and the Soviets hunting down Adolf Hitler. Great book. This isn't that. Uh, and I won't be picking up the rest of the series. I did not enjoy this in any way, shape or form. So Paul, you dodged a bullet. Woo. That's what I do. Yeah. That, that, that was my intent the whole time. Yeah. 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 So what's coming out. Oh, and the, one thing I will say. Cover price on this book, if you buy it in print, three ninety five. If you buy it electronically on Comixology, buck ninety nine, buck ninety nine hmm. for twenty seven pages. Uh, and again, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, maybe you will. A um, dollar ninety nine. You know, you're not, you're not, you're, you're not sacrificing a lot. And I do like that entry price. And I like that there's a difference between the uh, the electronic version versus the print version. Agreed. Yeah. So, Paul, what's coming out next week? Well, next week, as I mentioned, we have Doomsday Clock number one. Now, is that um, going to come out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? Yes, it will. Wow. A real yes. book on Thanksgiving week. I know. Very exciting. I am super excited for that. Um, we're also going to get um, The Fall of the Batman beginning in the pages of Detective Comics. And um, the Oz effect, or the Oz, yeah, Oz effect um, uh, epilogue in the pages of Action Comics. Very good. Very exciting. Yes. Well, join us for all that and more right here at IOMGeek.com. And if you've got a comment, question, concern, want to bitch about, I don't know, Wayne, uh, give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted, valuable, ideology of badness surprise. Well... Thanks to everyone for joining us, Tim, Wayne. We got the whole gang together again to talk Justice League and Dark Knights and all sorts of cool stuff this week. And we'll, I guess we'll see if, if that, that trend continues. <laughs> Tune in know, next week. I kind of miss the days when Aaron edited so people could make you know complaints about Paul and they would always make the air. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you guys have a good week. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.